Hey guys, this is Terry at Battlegrounds Games and Comics, and if you like video games, game system, toys, comics, and other pop culture items, or we're balls deep in that shit, come check out the largest assorted variety in Northwest Georgia. And while you're here, ask about our 15% off daily deals. We're open Monday through Sunday, located behind Walnut Square Mall on Airport Road, beside Zaxby's in Dalton, Georgia. Welcome to episode 76 of Everybody's Podcast. I'm Claudius and I have Jamie and Chris. And today we have a special guest host. This man shines so bright, the sun has to wear shades when he steps outside. Aliens have a tough time believing he exists. The original Jedi Master, Terry Smith of Battlegrounds Games and Comics. Welcome to the show. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you been? Thanks for making it uh, on the show. It's awesome to have you here. Well, uh, you invited me, and uh, and then thanked me for accepting, which really, like, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, no problem. Y'all you know. have a lot of awesome things to say whenever we talk to you, so we have to have you on sometime. And why not? Oh, yeah, no, no, no pressure, right? <laughs> no, definitely, <laughs> definitely not. Don't screw up, or you're not coming back. <laughs> no, you come back anytime. <clears throat> Actually, I, I talked to Terry about his, his segment. Um, I won't announce it yet, but... He seems to be interested in having a little segment oh, on man. our podcast. Yeah. So how have you guys been? How's your Christmas Eve going? Or I guess it's almost over. How's it been? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you've been here with me all night. Oh, sure. Um, last minute drawings and present wrapping. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. How about you, Chris? What have you been up to? Nothing bad. Uh, just been uh, watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, laugh at me. <laughs> Uh, watched uh, Underworld Awakenings today, and I thought I'd never seen that movie. And then when I'm watching it, I'm like, I've seen this. I don't remember ever buying it, but I've seen this, and it's not that great. Oh, and then I, uh, cause it, I was trying to get prepared for Blood Wars. So that's the last one that they released? It's, yes, the most recent one. Because okay. uh, they did Underworld, Underworld Evolutions, and then they did um, the prequel, Rise of the Lycans, and then they did... Uh, awakenings and i was looking at it and i was like it feels a lot like resident evil where it's like yeah you, you have like a main story in the first movie and then the second one's a little bit different and then the third one's a little bit different and the fourth one's like completely different from the first movie mm-hmm. and you're like really is this all supposed to be the same universe still a good movie um getting ready for blood war so i'm hoping that's gonna be a good series jamie actually and, saw and, the preview of that she said it looked very cg which is true <laughs> she said yes, so far it looks like a video game it looks so true. bad yeah yeah it, it's definitely a lot of cg with the with the lichens but yeah kate beckinsale yeah it's like, it's like she, awesome she, she's usual. pretty cool yeah she makes it and she still looks as hot as she did for the first one yeah, she definitely like stays in shape. Terry, are you a um, Underworld fan? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not, <laughs> no, sir, not at all. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen a couple of them. They just don't like. Uh, I just not. I don't know. They just don't grab me. You know. So, I understand. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of those vampire werewolf things like in the past, so I'm glad they're kind of wrapping that up now. But yeah, Chrissy, right. you just well, you know, God, sorry, go ahead, Terry. Twilight. Twilight has set the bar so high that yes, it's, it's hard to 
that now. So, Jamie actually used to be a Twilight fan back in the day. I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shame. But now, you know, I mean, I like some dumb stuff in the back back in the day too. You know, so it's okay. But yeah, Chris, you said you did stuff with your family also, right? Yeah, um, we did our family uh, Christmas, and then uh, tomorrow morning we're going up and going over to Carson or to watch Carson open his presents, which is my nephew. Yeah, um, sweet. So we get to watch his Santa gifts be open tomorrow. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just don't want to have to get up that early, but hey, you know, you do what you can for family. Are you going to get to eat the cookies, or are there cookies involved in Santa's gift and all that stuff? There, there will be some cookies, and if they are still there before he wakes up and I get there, I am going to be snacking on those before he wakes up. Sweet! Terry, what, what do you do for Christmas Eve? I know you have to work today early, right? You have to work today? Yeah, I did. I worked, uh, well, I slept all day for the first half of the day, Amazing. and then, uh, I, uh, you know, drug into work around one o'clock, uh, worked until six and then went over to the family. We did, we do our Christmas and Christmas Eve, all family, you know, okay, sweet. uh, so we, uh, had Christmas Eve and, uh, got to hang out with my nephew, uh, who, uh, he's real big into dinosaurs and, uh, nice. he's hitting that phase now where not only is he into dinosaurs, but he is becoming a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Most of, most of his replies tonight were roars and growls, and uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. Which which dinosaur is is his favorite? Do you, does he have a you know, I have no idea. He uh, <laughs> he's still uh, he's still uh, kind of really trying to get a good handle on how to use words. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, so really, like it's just a lot of jibber jabber with a real <laughs> prominent dinosaur at the end of it. <laughs> nice. uh, so I don't I don't know exactly which one is his favorite, but he got really excited over the Triceratops, which is oh, sweet. one of my favorites. So I can I can appreciate that. Were you um, a fan of Power Rangers? Speaking of dinosaurs, like the original Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was was the Triceratops your favorite Zord? Uh, well, you know, I mean, like dinosaurs are really cool, but then you have the dragon Zord. Um, <laughs> That's right. It's yes. hard to, you know, so uh, uh, dinosaurs Rangers. are radical, but fire-breathing dinosaurs are even cooler. So, <laughs> man, so I guess you're you're a, a, a Green Ranger fan, no doubt. Uh, it's, you know, I was just a, a couple of years. Uh, too old to really get into that Power Rangers hardcore, okay. but what I do, but what I did enjoy from him was mostly like the Green Ranger and his super sweet flute sword. So. <laughs> how did the song go again when when he would summon the Zord? I forgot how it went. Can you guys hum it, Chris? Can you hum it? Yeah, it was. That's right. <laughs> and then he played that like two or three times, and yeah. then like it would like always do the Godzilla coming out of the water. Right. Yeah, you know, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I'm a dork. I don't care. Sound effects at all. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> it's like I want you to think that you're there. It was like the episode of Always Sunny when they added the sound effects to the podcast. <laughs> God. All right, but are you guys ready to? Um, I guess my Christmas Eve was just me chilling, not doing much. I played Sleeping Dogs, which I bought at Battlegrounds. We got to check out in Dalton, Georgia. Awesome comic book store and game store and trading store. And if I'm missing anything else, you know, just go check it out. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome store. Like one of my favorite comic book stores in Georgia. Um, so yeah, I played Sleeping Dogs and did nothing, nothing at all. Made dinner and now I'm podcasting. So wow, that was, a that was my day. yeah, that was my Christmas Eve. <laughs> 
we can jump into Star Wars if you guys are ready to go. Um, Rogue One. First impression. Let's go with let's go with Terry first. Oh man, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to rant, so oh, go for feel it. Free to interject. And we as, have a whole hour to fill up, so you go uh, rant away, sir. Well, I, mean, I got. I, I alone have well have an hour's worth of, of, <laughs> of uh, ranting to do. Uh, okay, I how, a lot, you know, working. I work at a comic shop, so yeah. I get a lot of uh, feedback okay. from like the, my coworkers and people who've come in to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few people are having a hard time uh, disassociating this Star Wars movie with. Uh, one through seven. Okay. Uh, because this one, you know, this one doesn't have that like innately good versus innately evil like aspect to it. Right. Yeah. Uh, or inherently good, rather. I apologize. And uh, so, uh, so like you have to look at this movie when you, if you go see it. If you haven't seen it already, you have to look at this movie as a it's a war scenario that just happens to play out in the Star Wars universe. Uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of complaints like as far as like character development. Uh, yeah, people are complaining that there, there's no character development, you know. And for, and I don't want to, you know, I don't know what our our uh, spoiler uh, protocol is here, oh, you, you know. Can, but for what you can spoil away and you can curse all you want, so it's no no restrictions. Yeah, well, so, well, for uh, for what it is, you know, you, you meet these characters in this movie, and you know, it's not they're not Luke Skywalker, they're not Han Solo, you know, they're not, uh, you know, they're not Yoda, you know, and Darth Vader, and you know, on and on and on. They, yeah. These people are—they're uh, nobodies in the uh, Star Wars universe. Right. You know, uh, yeah. they're just—they're just regular guys. So, like, there's no character development because you don't—you don't need it. It doesn't—you don't have to have character development for a movie that uh, that ends in the fashion that it does. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. There's just not enough time for that. Mm-hmm. So, right. Uh, and then, like, like I like to look at the movie as like uh, Saving Private Ryan, Star Wars edition. Uh, <laughs> that that's, makes... uh, that's that's how I've, that's how I've kind of explained it to people who've come into the shop and like wanted to talk about it, but they haven't seen it. That's actually a good uh, way to kind of break it down. Well, sum it up for them, I should say. Right, you know, because like like again, if you go into it expecting it to be like Star Wars Episode Three Point Five, like that's not what this movie is. Yeah, you know, not at all. No, definitely uh, not. Yeah, so like. The, the complaints that you'll find, like, uh, in the reviews and the ratings of this movie that talk about the lack of character development, there's no, uh, there's no, there's, it just doesn't call for it. You know, you're never going to see these characters again. Uh, so there's no point in, in spending more time developing them, you know. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's a good point. Well, you're right. I mean, they don't need to because they literally are, um, I don't want to say just for the story for this particular storyline, but they ultimately are. And they're there to fill in the gaps of some backstory leading up to a new hope. And they are what they are. They are the rebels. They, that's what they are. And you don't have to see them develop into these whole three dimensional characters because it's literally a movie about the rebels and how they get the plans of the death star. And that these people rebel, like literally, that's the whole point. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on the whole, you don't need character development. I see a little bit of character development. I mean, like, you do see it, you know, from, but it's very minimalistic. Like, you see where they don't trust each other, and then they start to trust each other. Well, that's that's really all you need to get from point A to point B in this movie, so. Right. Um, did you guys, uh, 
just just from the headlines and people just you know doing reviews. Did you guys miss the crawl at all? The Star Wars crawl. I did, but then when I looked at it in terms of this is not an episode movie, mm-hmm. I got my, I got to get away with it. And I was okay with it. Like when I was first watching, I'm like, "Where's the crawl?" And then you know you're into the movie. And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not an episode movie, so I'm okay with not having the crawl." Yeah. What about you, exactly. Terry? Okay, you agree with that? But yeah, like it's the same. Like I just said, you know, it's not like this is you know, you know if you went into like a linear path, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what your order is, uh, if you went one through seven. You know, this movie falls in between three and four, but it doesn't do so in a fashion that it, like, when I watched it and, it, and I didn't have it, I was like, well, what, what gives, you know? Then mm-hmm. yeah. I look back on it, like, it's unnecessary, you know? Like, as a, a Star Wars fan, you go in to watch this movie and you, you know, spoiler alert, they get the plans, you know? Like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. what's happening at this point, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, it's just, again, it's just an unnecessary thing. Uh, for what they needed to fit in uh, into that time frame anyways. Right. I can see where somebody who has never seen Star Wars before and they're deciding to watch the whole, you know, saga in order and they watch one through three and, or, sorry, yeah, one through three and then you see this one and there's no crawl and then you see it again in four. I can see where you might be a little confused by that. But, yeah, by the time you've watched it, you kind of realize this is not, this is, like Star Wars is the major battle of the the entire trilogy or saga, and then this is a movie that happens to take place in the Star Wars universe that gives you the information for some other things that happen. So, so it's not a like I said before, it's not episode worthy title, you know. Right. What do you, you guys think of um, uh, Felicity Jones as a main character? Her Jen or so? Do you guys like her as a main character? to focus on for the majority of the movie or you think they the supporting cast kind of uh balanced that out a little bit where she didn't take all the pressure of you know having to carry the movie on her own in a way you guys feel free to jump in well i was gonna let terry go first <laughs> oh, sorry oh no you, you go ahead I'll, I'll go i'll go next uh, okay um i will say as a character i think she held the storyline together well enough that um, she needed the other group. She needed the other people, and that's where that character development came from. Um, so I liked it. Um, I thought she was very well done. I have some. I know some people that have complained about, oh, now there's this whole gender. Now we have to have strong female characters, and I'm sitting there going, um, Leia, Padme, yeah. uh, all the female Jedi. I'm like, they all have strong female characters, anyways. So I mean, yes, because it's not uh, a Luke are a Skywalker family centered movie. They went with another character and they happened to go with the character that was female. So to me, it's like not really worth everybody getting upset about. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think as an actress, she held the uh, part very well. Um, the only major problem I had with what they were doing with her as a main character is they kind of went that sappy. We have to kind of shoehorn in a, "Quote unquote romance," and you kind of see that at the last scene, but I'm not yeah. sure what happens. Yeah, that kind of for me took it took just, something away a little bit, but they didn't push it all the way. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was just it was just enough there that you're looking at, and you're like, it really wasn't necessary. Yeah, like the whole point of this was that she was you know a strong character and she was a rebel and a leader, and she was literally the only one who really wanted to rebel when that happened. And you like know, everybody else was like bailing. 
and and to me they didn't make uh any kind of connection really until like the very last moment you know what i mean it wasn't like oh they were longing yeah. for each other the whole time it was just like oh they just kind of you it know became a, you're here i'm here yeah exactly so, but yeah, so all right, that, yeah all right terry go ahead sorry for for you know the end like i'm just gonna go you know i'm not i'm we're not gonna like pussyfoot around here uh <laughs> yeah, we're, go we're gonna we're gonna talk about what happens in the movie i'm sorry jamie uh oh, that's cool. you'll still enjoy it so uh you know as far as uh like the ending of that movie like if i and any three of you were were in that same situation like and you know like you know what's coming like it's, it's over you know right. yeah uh, right. exactly yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna hold any of you. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, that, that, you know, thank you, and uh, I'm real sweet. But like, uh, <laughs> just that, like, like you know, it, it wasn't so much as like the. I don't think there was like a budding romance uh, situation. Okay, it's right. just like at, at the ending there. You know, there's that whole like, uh, you know, you're gonna seek what right. little bit of comfort you have, knowing what's about to happen. You know, so. Uh, right. So that's just one of those things where, like, human nature, you know what I mean, uh, uh, at the end of that. But, like, as far as, like, you know, with uh, Episode 7 and then with uh, Rogue One, you know, you do have these really strong uh, female characters. And uh, I have, as a, you know, as a, as, a, as a white male nerd in his early 30s, I have no problem <laughs> uh, with that at all because we've, we've kind of had we've you know we the truth of it is, is for the past 60 years we've kind of had the uh uh the uh like a stranglehold on nerdism you know what i mean yeah, uh thank you thank the, you and, i'm not the only and, one to feel like that and to think that like you know you know padme she's a strong character but she is definitely uh overshadowed by uh all of her male counterparts in those movies you yeah, know definitely, uh, yeah. uh, and the same for leia you know uh Again, a strong female character who uh, pales in comparison to like Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, yes. uh, you know, Greta, whatever. You know, uh, there, uh, there's always that. You know, they're there, they're 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 there, but they're not prominent. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. to think that now there's going to be a whole generation of little girls who, when they want to play Star Wars, they don't have to go into the default like damsel in distress. Yes. You know, that's uh, way cooler. Uh, to me than just to be like oh well there's another there's another male saving the galaxy again you know like yeah definitely uh, I have no problem with that and I, I've heard you know again like I work at a comic shop so I'm swarmed by nerds all day every day <laughs> uh, and a lot of people you know Disney owns uh, Star Wars now and they own Marvel and they've done a lot of things uh, in the way of trying to diversify yeah yeah uh, what they have going on and like, I'm all for it. You know, like I have no problem with the new Iron Man, uh, being like a young woman, you know, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, you know, uh, I embrace this change because like, I will always have 60 years worth of, uh, predominantly male, uh, like, uh, superheroes and, and, and heroes in general, you know? So, uh, I'm glad to see more, more superheroes and heroes uh geared towards like young girls you know yeah definitely and i i think the fact that um you know they're gonna have like a main character that's a girl that's gonna be hopefully a jedi by episode eight so pretty dope to see that um yeah it'll definitely open up a whole new lane like you said for just little girls to 
not have to <laughs> have to be like I want to be Luke, but I guess I got to play Leia. You know, we have to like just take that weaker role, which yeah, which was super important and really awesome. That well, what I actually was really awesome too about Disney um, is they let you know they allowed all the characters to die. <laughs> like Disney is very, you know, they, they, I guess they're not known for being that dark all the time, but like they they actually let the, the director do his thing and the writers and stuff. Like I mean, usually they would, they would probably try to write off like, oh well, they win. They got transported to another planet, or they got took, they took hostage, or you know, Vader had him in a prison or something like that. But no, they all died, and you pretty much knew that's what happened. So, I thought that was really cool that they let that happen. Right. Uh, well, it goes to serve like again, this movie isn't, isn't it isn't like the good prevailing over evil. You know, like when you when you at the end of this movie, uh, you're you're kind of like, well, damn. You know, uh, yeah. there's no there's no these are these people become their legends now you know there's no uh you know in episode four you're you know you don't see them meandering about in the background you know like <laughs> right. they're they're not there you know like they're they're they are the like the legends of the rebellion you know yeah exactly and it's kind of cool to actually have they let the story be told which is awesome that definitely explains the stupid fault in the dead star <laughs> when you're like why did yeah. they build it like that <laughs> Right, like you know, the Family Guy episode where they're like, "Right, yeah. oh, there's a hole," you know. But uh. yeah, exactly. Like now it all makes sense. So too bad people who were like didn't get to see this and saw Star Wars and were really big fans, they had to like deal with it it's having a hole in the Death Star. <laughs> kind of well, now they can go <laughs> out and see this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys have anything to say about the the CGI characters and the fact that they brought one, like? pretty important character back um you know for the a really prominent scene in the movie um the the i guess people are saying that's kind of disrespectful i mean i don't think so i think it's awesome because i because I, I think he played a really important part in the older star wars uh trilogy so um, i'll say yeah go ahead chris that, well i'll just say that i think the only thing that this does is that it potentially opens up the door to being like oh this particular character's our actor is already passed, so we can use CGI and face, you know, software to bring them back, and then we don't have to pay them anything. So I think it, and I don't think that studios are going to do that. I just think that that would be like the only, the only negative part of this because he realistically looked, yeah, exactly was, like he did. It was super and, impressive, man. I I didn't even realize. I mean, I should have known because I know he he passed away, but I was like, whoa, like. It, it didn't take me out of the movie at all, so that was really awesome the way they did that. It, yeah, it definitely shows how far we've come from, like, say, Tron, where we de-aged. Uh, <laughs> Jeff what's Bridges. His face? Yeah, Jeff Bridges. They de-aged <laughs> him, and he looked he looked good at times, but he looked horrible most of the time. Yeah. And then, like, even like I was telling you earlier, like, even in Revenge of the Sith, where we saw this CGI-ish um, actor who played. Grand Moff Tarkin, and mm-hmm. then he was only in there for a couple of scenes. Yeah, this definitely shows how far we've come in CGI that we can, you know, basically recreate a character that is very important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it leads up to, and I, and I don't think he was overly used, which I think was a good thing. Right. Uh, and then that last scene where, because like this movie literally leads up to the opening crawl of 
A New Hope. Yeah. So that last scene when we actually see, I was thinking they were going to cop out and, you know, not show her face. Oh, I know. I, I thought they were going to do that, too. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't get another actor to replace her that's going to look exact, you know, look like her enough that it wouldn't be noticeable in those two movie jumps. Yeah. Definitely. So when so when they did that, she wasn't done as well as Grand Moff Tarkin. But I think it's because it didn't need to be because she was literally only on, you know, you only saw her face and her lines like. Like 20 seconds. seconds. Yeah, it wasn't that, wasn't yeah. that crazy. Um, so I think, uh, I think, but I, I just going to show how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, term- super impressive. And I think the, the the scenes, the way they lit it with, with Peter Cushing in it, it was a bit darker. So I don't know, I'm not like as into CGI, but no, I don't do it at all. But maybe, I don't know if that helped with like lighting and whatnot, because Leia's scene was a bit brighter, you know what I mean? So maybe the darkness kind of helped a little bit, but um. What do you think, Terry? What do you think about the CGI? I, well, I've heard when I watched it, like I have no, I have no qualm with it. I was, uh, I went, you know, at that, that last scene where, where she, like you know, you, like you said, when she turns around, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's kind of like, oh wow, you know, yeah. uh, this is, I'll say, like almost flawless, you know. Yeah, uh, definitely. But I, but I've heard, you know, uh, I've heard like some. <clears throat> Talking amongst other other people who have seen it and are avid Star Wars fans, you know, uh, you know, I've heard things like uh, they've overheard people leaving the theater, and a, a guy will say to his girlfriend or wife or what have, uh, be like, you know, two of those characters were CGI, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then and then and then the and then the wife will be like, say what? And uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, Tarkin, uh, Tarkin's one of them, and, mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, well, that explains why he was so lifeless. Oh. But, the, but if you recall, recall from the original movies, you know he, he's not he, he is not a very lively character. No, definitely not. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Like so that you know again when you like, I say this to people who haven't seen it and they're like on the fence about making it a priority or this and that. Uh, you know when you read these reviews online, you know know that you're reading a mix of people who are totally oblivious, uh, yeah. and then you have also the <laughs> people who just cannot let go of like four five and six you know that's their that's their truth you know what i mean right yeah, uh, yeah. and anything anything other than that is just garbage for money you know uh <laughs> right. like you have to you have to ignore all that you read now because of like i don't want to say i don't want to use the term fanboy in like a negative yeah uh, context mm-hmm. but you know in in the way of like uh you know let's like this is uh, oh man here, here it comes as far as star wars goes i'm I'm a fan of the apes guy, you know, so as far as, like, if I look back at Star Wars, it's just like an objective, you know, take my heart out of the equation and just look at it objectively. None of these movies are, are like, you know, this isn't like Leo and Tom Hanks and Catch Me If, if You Can, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, these, these movies aren't going to be uh, the greatest stories ever told, you know. These movies are, Same. you know, they are what they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> You know, but uh, but like the the CGI and this and that, they did it really well uh, without overdoing it. You know, because uh, I've heard a lot of complaints about you know uh, in the original trilogy, uh, what little you get of Yoda, and right. then you go into one, two, and three, and you get so much Yoda, but he's CGI. You yeah, know, right. yeah. Exactly. Uh, so is you know again like they don't overdo it with Yoda. He's obviously going to be more prominent in one, two, and three. Just as far as the story goes, right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. So they did it. 
they 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 put those characters into this movie as like uh to as a nod to those characters, mm-hmm. you know. Uh and and they did it really well, I think. Yeah, it was it was really I mean if 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 I didn't real if I didn't know Peter Cushion passed away, I wouldn't I wouldn't even know. I mean it looked that convincing. So it was really Yeah, you you wouldn't have pictured that this is the same guy from forty years ago. I mean like, Yeah. Not not that you could I'm I guess I said that wrong. You could picture this is that this actor played the exact same role like within a year or two of filming as opposed to the 40 year gap. Yeah, exactly. It was that impressive. So, um, and as for, uh, Oh, and as for Yoda, I am so glad they went CGI into it. <laughs> like, like I, he, he was amazing in the original or in empire strikes back and return of the Jedi as a puppet. And it was amazing. And it was great for the time. Then when they tried to de-age him, he looked like a bad plastic surgery job in his puppet form. So when they did the CGI in two and three, I think it was great. I, if anything, I want George Lucas to go back and CGI Yoda into the first one and make it a special edition. Yeah, that'd be really cool, actually. Um, there's, there's a really funny, like, bad lip-syncing video <laughs> when, <laughs> when Yoda is training Luke. And I, I need to say it to you guys, like, he's thinking about seagulls attacking him on the beach. But the, <laughs> the way they, they synced it up is, like, amazing. <laughs> It's so funny, but um, oh, sorry, Jamie. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, what do you guys think of uh, director Krennic as um, I guess the main baddie? I guess you can call him maybe for the movie. What's that? Uh, director Krennic, the uh, the main, the one oh, who's yeah. trying to make the plans. Um, I thought he was a good villain, um, and. He's one of those that you. At times, I almost felt sorry for him yeah. until he wound up being a jerk at the end, and not well, not at the end, but you know, he would do something that I'd be like, "Oh, okay, I can kind of see what he's doing. He's wanting to do da 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 da," and then he'd do something, I'd be like, "That dick needs to just die." Um, so, I liked him as a villain. Now, there, um, I was reading this article earlier this week, and it was talking about how he may solve a like 40 year plot hole and it's in uh, a new hope when you're looking at when they're on the death star and they're all sitting there and Darth Vader force chokes the uh, guy for like making fun of him. (laughs) And like (laughs) when you're watching it um, there's 12 seats around the uh, desk and in the original Canon, which now the Disney's kind of thrown that out. Yeah, it's a little bit annoying. There was originally the twelve <laughs> governors of the systems, and it would have like Tarkin, and then there was like an empty seat, a noticeably empty seat next to him. Mm-hmm. And so people or fans are speculating that that seat was supposed to be for General or for Director Kinnick. Uh, Krennic, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah, Krennic, But he obviously couldn't be there because he was, you know, on the other planet. And <laughs> yeah. what happened to him there? Uh, so it's like very interesting and the fact that they were using the white which is kind of like in the original canon it was talking about or that was kind of like the the grand admiral's colors oh yeah uniforms were white okay and so there was like a little bit more connection there and there were people speculating that maybe this we would see something else where maybe thrawn's going to be introduced somehow maybe well he's obviously been introduced in uh the rebels tv show Mm -hmm. like maybe he'll Maybe his backstory and his canon, because a lot of fans loved his storyline. Yeah. Maybe they're finding ways of bringing him back into canon, so because oh, he's a, kind of a fan favorite character. That's pretty badass. 
All right, Terry, what about you? Do you like Director Krennic as a bad guy in the Rogue One? I th- well, see, like like me, like I, I have a really uh, sometimes it's beneficial and sometimes it's kind of a burden. I overanalyze from all the angles possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like for me, when you when you look at the story, especially uh, especially Rogue One, when you look at Rogue One, there there's no like I said, there's no good guys and there's no bad guys. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, like like that. You know, the, the Empire obviously. And you know, let me sidebar real quick. Uh, I am Sith through and through. You know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so let, let me get back to what I'm saying. Right. You know, so there's no, there's no like again in this movie, uh, and I and I guess this would apply to all every scenario ever. You know, the people who the, the Empire, you know, they're doing what they feel is right uh, uh, to a degree. You know, because uh, this guy, you know, he's just at work. You know, he answers to a higher <laughs> authority. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, but I guess to come off as a villain, uh, you know, in the in the opening, like he shows up and he's like, "Hey, uh, you're gonna come live with us now," and mm-hmm. then and they're like, "Oh no, we're not." You know? Yeah. Uh, and and you know what? We know what happens there in that opening scene. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, again, like a villain would show up and be like. You're gonna come live with us now, and they would say no, and you would, you would, you would have, you would have smoked them on the spot. Yeah, you know that's 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 a villain. You know this guy, uh, he's he's just at work. You know, like he's not. <laughs> he's just at work. <laughs> you know, like he's just at work. Like he's not an he's not like an evil character. You know, uh, he's like. Uh, but as I guess as the villain role, he does a really good job of being like calculated and cult. You know. Yeah, uh, definitely so. Like. Yeah, like, you know, so again, like, if you had to cast him as the villain, uh, you know, I think he does a great job at doing it, uh, just because it's hard to be, uh, it's hard to be, like, it's easy to be a rampaging lunatic villain, you know, uh, it's really hard to pull off that calculated and cold, uh, you know, he will execute whatever, uh, whatever he's told to do, you know what I mean, Uh, and and the guy who does, he does it really well in this movie so so uh, sorry sorry chris go ahead oh no yeah you can go ahead i was gonna ask if uh terry if he thinks um his, if he thinks his intentions were good going into that situation um well you know in the first part of the of the of the movie going in to get uh or so to work on the death star do you think he would have like tried to peacefully get him back and his family or he was like whatever if we got to kill you i don't really care you know what i mean was he just kind of going yeah, in there enemies necessary you know, or he's you know sorry go ahead. Like, absolutely like you could imagine like let's say you know this guy he comes into work on monday you know and he and he he's looking at his things to do that week and one of his things to do <laughs> is to go bring this dude and his family back to you know build the death star yeah uh, and he's like, and he's like, okay, you know, and he's reading his, he's reading his like directive there, and it says by any means necessary. Uh, again, he doesn't need, uh, he doesn't need his wife, he doesn't need his daughter. You know, those those two aren't, in, uh, they're not like imperative to like the the scenario. You know, uh, but he, again, like he gives them the choice of just like, you know, coming along without without an incident, uh, and they and they don't want to do it. You know, so that's when. That's when things take that wild turn. And again, like, you know, they're rebels. They don't want to, like, bend to the will of the Empire, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, so, like, I get it. Uh, you know, but, yeah, I think, you know, 
like let's say you know let's say we all get our movie ticket and we go in to watch Rogue One, mm-hmm. uh, and they're like, hey, come with us, and dude's like, okay, cool, and then they just all get on the ship and fly away. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's going to be very, yeah. uh, it's going to be very counterproductive uh, yeah. for for putting the, the the drama and the motivation uh, for uh, uh, Jen to, to to do what she does. You know, right, right. Uh, so. Uh, so yeah, you know, like I think I, I do think that genuinely, if they would have been like, okay, totally, nobody would have had to have died, you know. <laughs> so right. uh, I can see that Terry uh, totally sit through and through because he's like seeing some. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have to. I have to agree. Like he was. Like if you look at it, you, you know, the emperor was evil. Like he as an individual was evil. The government. He can go around shooting people. Does that work? He just went out. Well, no, the, the emperor was evil. He, you know, he was manipulating everything. He was in charge of everything, keeping yeah. the Sith ruling. Yeah. So I would say that he, as an individual, was evil. The whole empire. Yeah, you're right. It's just like a bunch of people going to the government jobs now. You know, they're not doing anything evil. They're just, you know, going in and getting their paycheck. And with uh, Krennic, and I apologize if I mispronounce any of these names because I'm I'm horrible with Star Wars names if it's not like a pretty simple name. But uh, like. Like you, like uh, Terry said, he walked up to him, said, "Hey, you're coming with us." They said, "No, we'll be, you know, we'll be traitors or whatever." And he's like, "No, you'll be heroes to the Empire. You're gonna come in. You're gonna help us build, you know, weapons that are gonna help us bring peace to the universe." And really, the fault for what happened falls on uh, Arso's wife because she's the one that pulled the gun out and like aimed it at the guy. So. Realistically, she kind of escalated that. I mean, I guess, so, like in, in that situation, like you said earlier, anything for family, right? She's trying to protect her family. Yeah. So, yeah, you know but, I mean? but I'm saying, like, like if she, it's almost like, and I'm not saying that oh, if she had done this, but like, realistically, maybe if she didn't put the gun up, they could have. He would have tried to talk to them more peacefully. But you know, like he, she threatened him, and so he kind of okay. Well, we don't need her; we need him. So boom, and then kind of knew that it, she's dead. If they could find the daughter, they could use her as leverage, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. He's not. I wouldn't necessarily call him a true villain. I, I would think the maybe the real villain of this movie is Tarkin because he's the one running around controlling everything. If you really want to get. Uh, if you want to have one, but yeah, I can see where Terry's coming from, where it's like, you know, it's just this guy coming in, doing what he needs to do and trying to advance his own career. So he was like, so he, he, he took his lunch break to go grab, to go grab <laughs> I, I'm going to need to uh, expense yeah. out this uh, trip to uh, this far distant planet. Yeah. I, I, you know, you're going to, ch- I'm going to charge you, uh, you know, 58 cents every light year mile that we're going, you know, he's like, I'm you gonna, know what? Expense re- He's like me and uh, me and uh, Galen go way back, man. I'll I'll take him to lunch, you know, work out. He'll be all right. I'll I'll recruit him. <laughs> I get a finder's fee, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, like, it, like you know, you can look at it from this perspective as well. Like, you know, they're hiding. You know, they're just like you know, they're just like humble farmers at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and 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 let you know, let's uh, let's let's forsake the modern world that we know now and say, like, in in 1914, if you were a humble farmer, your child might be illiterate. Right. right. Uh, so, so you know they're humble farmers or what have. Uh, if they would have just went with the empire, you know, Jen would have been immediately. She would have had access to like the greatest education, the best training. You know, <laughs> like, like you can't. You know, like there, there obviously there are perks 
for 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 working with the empire uh <laughs> you know urso you know when when we when we meet urso later in the film like he's not like he is very well to do you know he's not like in rag they don't drag him out of the dungeon to make him go to work you know uh he is he he has acclimated himself to the the way of like living amongst like the empire you know uh like he's so, not hurting for any maybe liberty and freedom sure you know but as far as like happiness as far as like, you know. yeah you know uh, <laughs> but as far as like all of your all of the things you would need uh to live and, and thrive uh his whole family would have had access to the to the best that the empire had to offer you know uh so again it goes back to like villain good guy you know there's a very blurry line in this movie between the two uh, all right so i gotta ask would you take that job offer absolutely like, <laughs> totally absolutely but, <laughs> you know so what about you claudius would you would that be a tempting offer uh to leave the fan behind and go build a death star or even take the oh. fan with you oh yeah. and build a death star i would but i would do exactly what galen did Okay. Build a weakness into it, because you know you can't defeat the empire. Farmers versus the empire is not going to work out. But oh no, we had Ewoks. <laughs> but uh, he did have a, a, a backup plan, which was really brilliant. So you know, yeah, I, I, I love that aspect of the movie where he's like that redemption. You yeah. know, uh, yeah, exactly. For, like because we know that at least two planets have been destroyed by the Death Star. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and that's a like you know to like if this were if this were the world as we know it, he's a war criminal, uh, without a doubt. But you know that that last bit of redemption uh, that he had with his plans uh, uh, is great. Um, which two were destroyed? I know Alderaan. Well, the newest one. Uh, they did. The well, he of, didn't. The, did he? I thought they only fired on one generator so i don't think they destroyed the entire planet oh i mean i don't well okay fair enough uh <laughs> so i mean if we're gonna if we're gonna pull him, i'm just saying if we're gonna put him on crimes for war criminal stuff we need to make sure we you know we prosecute him for the right number of lives well okay so 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 more than one planet less than two uh <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well and then you have uh then you have the force awakens where they killed like 16 at one time so Holy crap! Yeah, that just shows you how crazy the Force Awakens that start part two is. Because I mean, in in the in the like grand scheme of things, you know, she was insane. Jamie, wh- what would you do if you were offered that job to work for the Empire? Like to be on the the bad side? Yeah, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the evil side. <laughs> You'd go for it. Yeah, why not? All right. Well, there you go. You. <laughs> do what? He said, "Let the hate flow through." Yes. <laughs> uh, did you guys like um Donnie Yen's character and uh Zhang Wen uh Bay's Malbus, the guy with the cool blaster machine gun? That guy was badass. <laughs> I feel like the two of them had like a really close brotherhood, and one didn't want to leave the other one, even though he's really annoyed by him. But you know, you can tell that they that they've been through some shit together. For for me, the, those two characters, you know, you have you have the blind monk, uh, inner peace. Uh, you know, uh, he, he's so strong of like will and mind, and like he's he's conscious. And then you have the conscience, and then he has you have the other guy who just walks around with like a plasma railgun 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely, this guy definitely would have no qualms shooting first and asking questions later. You know, those two, those two characters. When you uh, separate them, you know, you have just a monk, and then you have just a big guy with a really big gun. But when you put those two together, you have a really like a very complete package of character. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right there, you know, like uh, obviously the blind monk is more than capable of defending himself. But when things get really hairy, he's got this big dude with a really big gun to help him out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then the guy with the big gun, again, obviously more more than capable of being a badass by himself. But you know, imagine like what kind of life what kind of path that guy could find himself down if he weren't friends with this uh, really righteous monk who kind of gets on his nerves a little bit, you know, uh, kind of keeps him in line. Yeah. That's what, that's what I really, really like about those two characters is the way they play into each other. They're polar opposites, but uh, when they're together, it just makes for the perfect uh, pair. I completely agree. Um, Their intro was really cool too. How like he was talking to, to Jen about, you know, he kind of sensed her that she was there, and he sensed the crystal, the necklace, and whatnot. So, how do you guys think he was able to do that? If you can explain it to people. Well, I I loved that they did this because they made them. Uh, they used references to the original storyline before the changes got made, and we get when we got the Star Wars they got now. Because originally the Jedi were the guardians of the wills, which is what they were called in this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's that whole. They're a another sect of people who are in tune with the Force, but aren't Jedi's. Yeah, and so I kind of think that that was pretty cool that they referenced that, and then it kind of also brings um, a new aspect to it. So I liked it, um, and I liked the fact that uh, the blind monk was like didn't have a lightsaber; he was as close. It was one of those, it was as close to bringing you to Star Wars without giving you Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Because it was like, we're going to get you to this monk who has the Force and who can do these amazing, unbelievable things, but we're not giving him a lightsaber because we don't want you to think that this is a Jedi. Got it. You know? It's not, we're not going to have lightsaber duels, we're not going to have, I mean, the only lightsaber in the movie was Darth Vader, and he kicked ass in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, it was an interesting... I was going to yeah. get to that, that topic last, he's like the big finale. <laughs> We can bring that up later. But uh, it was just, uh, I liked how they brought in more aspect of the original storyline and made it canon Mm -hmm. so that you can see a richer, deeper history of the Force. So do you guys think when he says, um, you know, when he keeps repeating, I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me, do you think that's, like Chris has said, he did feel the Force or he had the Force with him or that was just like a reassurance for him to get through you know, they're really tough I'm going times. To like, I'm going to cast off this objective shell that I've been wearing and really immerse myself in the Star Wars for a second. Go for it. Uh, so we know that the Sith, uh, they, 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 to me, you know, when you think about Sith and Jedi, the difference is Jedi are like, they're like, they're kind of like shamans. Mm-hmm. They respectfully uh, call upon the Force to assist them with what they're doing already. Right. Uh, where it, it, you know, and like just like shamans respectfully call upon the force of nature to assist them with what they're doing, where then you have the Sith, uh, who are more like necromancers. Right. Uh, they will per- they will perverse they will they will pervert the, the 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 laws of nature and bend them to their will. Uh, so like the Jedi call you know the Jedi use the force. 
Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but really, you know, they, they really, they call on the force, you know, they rarely legitimately use the force. Got it. Uh, whereas the, the Sith, you know, they'll choke a dude from 20 yards away or, <laughs> yeah. you know, or they'll, or, or they will light somebody up with the lightning, you know, and the Jedi will not do that. Yeah. Uh, so like when you, when you look, when you think about, if you, if you really get into like Star Wars lore, the, the Jedi believe that, you know, if you can, if you can use the force, uh, you can be a Jedi, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you have the will for it. Yeah. Uh, whereas Sith, they they really limit uh, the and you know the Sith rule too. We all know is like the, is a lie. Uh, the number one thing about Sith is this deception. Mm-hmm. There have always been more than two Sith, but less than like two hundred, obviously. You know. <laughs> right. Uh, so like, uh, so when you have in their theology, when it comes to the Force, is when you have two hundred people pecking at the force like the jedis you're weakened whereas if you have two sith calling or using the full power of the force uh you're substantially stronger right. so if you think in like when they when the ex, you know order 66 when they killed all of these jedis if you have the same mindset as the sith there's so many force users who have been taken out of the like out of the equation you yeah. know yeah so then you, you have we know they're force sensitive characters in star wars like uh apparently poe dameron uh is force sensitive which ex- explains like his un- uncanny ability to, to be a, a fighter pilot yeah <laughs> uh and then you, you have to think like here's this monk who uh you know he may have like been like he may have been like padawan number three who got away and we never heard anything about him you know yeah possibly. but uh but then, you know, if you think that he's just force sensitive or he's like a force like adept, you know, mm-hmm. if you if you, if you have the mindset of a Sith, once you've removed all of these known force users, uh, it only makes the few that are left, it only makes them stronger. Right. You know, so yeah. uh, so you have to think all of these force adepts or these force sensitive people, when you take the Jedi order out of the equation, it only makes them stronger. Uh this in in the movie the scene where he uh he makes that shot with his bowcaster uh, oh yeah yeah you know not not only you know he's blind so not only and you know he's he's chanting his mantra the whole time I'm one with the force and the force is with me mm-hmm. and uh you know he makes a shot perfect shot not only did he have the perfect shot but he had the perfect result from that shot you know uh and there's for to me like as a fan watching these movies there's very little difference between him calling on the force to assist him with that shot and with uh luke call you know calling on the force to assist him with his shot that blows up the death star got it uh, yeah so like that's how i feel about that monk is like you know pre order 66 he may have been really like all about it but he wouldn't have had like such a he wouldn't be so in tune with the force but yeah, yeah. uh you know because we know that you know he, he he basically lives in an ancient jedi temple you know uh, and has devoted basically devoted his life to uh, to the Force, and uh, and we and what we know of the Force is that if you do that, it will answer your call. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what I, I really like about this character is he he's not a Jedi, uh, but he is he is, he is as damn near as one as you could possibly get. So. Yeah, no doubt, and that was well put too. I think that for people who aren't Star Wars fans, I think that broke down a lot as far as like getting rid of the whole jedi like a lot of the jedi so they just so the sith can take advantage of the of the full power of the force so yeah jamie's like give me a big right. thumbs up 
Right, because, you know, like, I, I'm going to go, and this has all been, Disney removed all of this from canon. Uh, it is a shame, but it also gives them room that they're going to build their own Star Wars universe, you know. And uh, So, uh, you know, Darth Bane. Uh, Darth Bane was a prominent Sith uh, who uh, basically restarted the rule of two, you know. Uh, so uh, so I, I really enjoy thinking you know, outside of just like the the logical, like objectively, like describing a movie, I like to really immerse myself into it and uh, think about like the the variables that would give him all of this like force power. And I think that Order sixty six removed all of these Jedi's and it only enhanced the power of the people who who remained. You know. Got it. Yeah, that's a great point, though. That's awesome and very well put. So thanks for that. I took a lot away from that too. Um, moving on to droids. What do you think about uh, K2SO, Terry, or Chris? Who wants to go first? Oh, I've been Chris, going first. You, so. you go first, Chris. <laughs> so let's, All right. Let's, let's stick with the trend. And, let's and, stick uh, with the trend. Yeah, and Jamie, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, I'm doing good. It sounds pretty interesting okay. so far. Okay. Um, <laughs> overall, I, I like him. Uh, I like the droid. Uh, it's a reprogrammed imperial droid i love it um and the fact that it's not c-3po and Mm r2d2 so again it's that whole we're going to give you elements that you're familiar with but we're not going to give you the element you know Mm -hmm. we're not gonna beat you over the head and say okay here comes r2d2 and c-3po even though they do have a cameo (laughs) which Um, is really cool (laughs) yeah but it's like um i think he was a good character i have to disagree with carlin on your facebook post i i think he as a character was very well done um it showed that he was still that he was independent even though he was a reprogrammed imperial droid he had his own uh sense of humor and added that dark humor to things like uh oh i can't remember what they were talking about uh they were joining and then like he says i'm joining too but because so-and-so told me to. Yeah, uh, Captain Kelly. Yeah, I to. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was, uh, that was interesting. I liked it. And um, he had that smart aleck humor that I think didn't uh, work. And then he's one that actually had character development, like a really good character development. Because yeah, he, he did. did when, he, when he sacrificed himself uh, to lock them into the databanks, it was like he went from being the smart ass I'm just here because, you know, you freed me and you reprogrammed me to I'm actually not necessarily, I don't know if caring is the right word, but he's actually more invested in how this plays out. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. uh, all right, Terry, what do you think of uh, of the droid in this Rogue One? I loved him. Uh, yeah, I've heard of a lot of people who were re- they're real indifferent about him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, you know, first, first we'll approach it from like, again, like that objective, uh, the point of view where like, you know, obviously with this new movie, we could have done without him entirely. Uh, you know, he could have been uh, played by a human, you know, whatever. Uh, but, and, uh, you know, uh, again, stepping back, you got to look at you know, on Disney's point of view, this is going to be the new droid action figure for all the kids to buy next year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but then, and then, like his one-liners, I really I enjoyed every one of them. But when you put, when you take, when you think about that character all together, uh, personally, I could have done for just a handful less one-liners. Okay. Uh, yeah. A, you know, a lot of them happen 
uh, in in uh, direct like reply or response to Jen. Right. Yeah. Uh, and particularly those, they seem kind of forced. You know, like again, like he makes a lot of jokes, and that's really funny. And and we know that like R two D two makes jokes and smart aleck com- comments and. We know that BB-8 makes jokes and offhanded comments because of C-3PO's reactions to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, but and but this one, you know, him him talking uh, and not just like, you know, uh, we get a <laughs> yeah. lot more. You get that, like, immediate, like firsthand, you know, you, you get his jokes, you hear them, you, you know. Uh, so uh, four or five less one-liners, I think, would have made the ones he made um, have more of an effect. Uh in the long run, now uh, now looking at it as like somebody who was just like totally nerding out in the theater. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed uh, the droid. Uh, he, uh, I enjoyed the droid, and uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, the part, the scene that really, the, there's two scenes about that droid that really uh, have like remained with me uh, after a while. You know, I watched it. I believe it was it was a week ago today. I watched it. Okay, cool. And. Uh, the two scenes that have stuck with me uh, is is the scene where uh, he's like, I have these prisoners. And the stormtrooper's like, where are you taking them? And he's like, uh, to prison? You know, that's really <laughs> yeah. funny to me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, way more, you know, and then he smacks the guy in the mouth and is like, any more backlit <laughs> out of you? You know, that's really funny yeah, to me. Yeah, I know that, yeah. Uh, Way more than just like the one-liners that we get when we first meet the droid in the ship and this and that. And then the second scene that really sticks with me for that droid is, uh, like Chris was saying, when he's sacrificed. You know, because he's getting lit up by stormtroopers. Yeah, definitely. Now, droids understand uh, the ramifications of getting shot several times by a blaster. But they you have to understand, they don't feel pain. Right, You right. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this droid, yeah, and someone pointed this out to me after the fact, uh, you know, they're in the archive trying to find, you know, they know where it's at, but they're trying to get to uh, the, the the Death Star uh, program or the, the schematics, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the same, and someone pointed this out to me after the fact, is like, you know, he's getting lit up, and he's, he's, on, he's about to die. Uh, but instead of, like, instead of, like, blasting five or six more shots off at these stormtroopers, he plunges himself into that console. Right. Uh, to, and he shorts, he shorts himself out, you know. Like, he, he kills himself in that console uh, instead of letting these droids, like, finish him off. Right, yeah. And, and for me, that, like, that is, like, you know, uh, again, we get so much more out of the, the human characters, you know. But uh, for me, this droid, you know, when he plunges himself in, he not only assures the safety of Jen and Carissian. Is that right, Carissian? I'm a little inebriated. But, I, I think it was... Uh, <laughs> I, I think it was... I, honestly, let me let me look it up. Sorry. Cat, you go Cat, ahead. Let me not hold Cat, you up. Go ahead. Cassirian? Anyways, uh, he, uh, you know, he assures the safety of Jen and her uh, companion inside the archives uh, by plunging himself into that console. Uh, but he also, you know, that's a, that's a very defined act to take away that kill from the stormtroopers. Yeah, uh, definitely. So I really I really enjoy the new droid. You know, he, he obviously we could have done without him. I'm glad that we had him, uh, and I'm looking forward to displaying him somewhere on uh, on my desktop. So. <laughs> nice, yeah. His name is uh, yeah. uh, Cassian, actually. It was simpler than we thought it was. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, what do you guys think of him, of uh, Captain Cassian? Did you like him as, uh, I guess, a companion for Jin? Or did he, like, got in the way? Or did he kind of, you know, stepped up I, when, he, when he needed to? Or Personally, I didn't care for him in, for the first probably two-thirds of the movie. I thought he was just, like, an annoying character. Like, I understand the point, that the part that he was playing, and I understand, like, what it was. But he really, I was just to the point where I was like, Okay, fine. Go on this mission. I don't care if you live or die until that last third of the movie. And then I guess his interactions with the other characters and the fact that he was willing to go with uh, Jen, even though like at the very beginning, she, he didn't trust her. He didn't, you know, there was nothing, no connection there. But like when everybody else in the uh, resistance was like, oh, no, we can't do this. We can't do this. Oh, let's not do it. Yeah. And Jen's like, you know, we're rebels. We're supposed to rebel yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah and so like she's doing she's like we're, we're gonna have to get these plans and we're gonna have to do it and then like i guess it was because i saw what he was doing and how he was planning on killing her father that i didn't like him mm-hmm. yeah like he he always had that ulterior motive and that's that's i guess that's why i didn't like him right but then when he decided to rebel with her to go get the plans because he it, it felt like he started to believe in her and the and she became the new face of the rebellion what about you, Terry? I liked him, because uh, again, like you, you know, when you when you disassociate good versus bad in this movie, and you're and you're looking for, I guess, uh, instead of good versus bad, it's more like just versus unjust, right? Uh, and uh, it, you know, again, like liberty, freedom, uh, you know, th- this and that, uh, versus like just like bending to the will of the empire. Again, you know, there's no good and bad in this movie. Uh, when we first meet that character, like he's he's hanging out with his friend who just cannot handle the pressure of doing what they're doing. And then, uh, you know, they exchange the line of there's a lot of empire spies down here, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then like some stormtroopers are coming and he shoots the guy in the back. So immediately when you're watching this movie for the first time, you, you get this feeling that like, you can't trust this character, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, but then like again like this movie is, is a lot about redemption because when you're in a rebellion you do a lot of very uh, questionable uh, things when it comes to like ethics mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so he shoots this guy in the back and he kills him and you kind of untrust him and you you kind of don't trust him and he's untrustworthy and you, you feel a little sketchy about him but then there's the scene where. They're like, well, you know, okay, so the plans are on this this planet, but like it would be like, you know, the, the odds of us getting them successfully are like astronomically low, and it just seems like we would spend too much of our re- limited resources to try to do this uh, for 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 the payout, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then and she comes out of that meeting and she's like, oh shucks, you know? And then uh, he and like the the cargo pilot and like 15 other dudes are like, hey, we'll go. Uh, you know, because they're like, we've all done uh, what would be labeled as bad things uh, for this better good, you know, for the greater good. Uh, and for us to not do this now, I mean, we've done all of these really shitty things in vain, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, like, again, like, when you're watching this movie, you know, he's not a good guy. He's just a dude, you know? And that's what I like about this movie is, uh, like, these aren't Jedis. These aren't Sith. You know, these aren't, like, you know, like overly powerful people. These are just people. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and that's, that's what I like about this is like, you know, when they come out and they're like, we'll go with you, you know, they're, they're, they're saying like, we're those who have done really shitty things to get to this point. 
Right, you know, right, to not yeah. see it through means we've done it all. Again, we've done it all with faith. Uh, so, like, uh, the story is about, like, <laughs> to me, the story is about, like, redemption for mm-hmm. a lot of these characters. Uh, you know, like, Jen Erso, you know, she she herself is a nobody, you right. know. Yeah. Uh, like, when we meet her character, she's literally a nobody. Uh, she's just like another chick, like, getting by in the Empire, you know. Uh, right. And and there's so much redemption to these characters, and his his care his role in the movie really embraces that, I think. How about the um the death troopers? Anybody want to weigh in on the death troopers? No <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna have to enlighten me on these these death they're, troopers. They're the the all solid black troopers that were uh had those almost like shotgun blasters yeah they have like different shaped helmets and they actually like shot stuff they their aim wasn't terrible oh yeah (laughs) right like this movie uh goes out of its way to make a point to be like hey stormtroopers know how to shoot the ones you've seen before just don't (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly but the funny thing is is that this movie literally takes place up into the days leading into the other movies so it's like we have these good people but for the rest of the movies, you're going to see the ones that can't hit the broadside of a bomb. Yeah. Right. Like a a squad was was on the island. <laughs> right. Uh, we accidentally wiped out the archives. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Man, I was thinking too. Like they chose like a really nice spot for a base, like a beach, the nice palm trees. Like, oh man, they're doing it up <laughs> on that base. Oh man. <laughs> One of, you know, just talking about the movie in general. uh, one of one of the greatest scenes in that movie for me is when they're all like in the top of the spire. Oh yeah. And they're okay. like, oh, you know, just just any old day here on this like sweet tropical island. Yeah, you know? right. I know. And then, <laughs> and then the, in the background, you start seeing the explosions on yes. all of the yes. different. Yes. That was amazing. Oh man, like uh, you know, I'm Empire Sith, like you know, <laughs> until the end. But yeah. uh, when when you see that, it's just like, oh yes, you know, like the underdog is starting to win when you see these explosions right. going on. Well, and then he had the perfect line because they're all just standing there. He's like, "Are you blind? <laughs> Do you not see what's going on?" But it's almost like the whole yeah. They're like, we got put on this really sweet detail. We don't have to worry about anything. We have this giant shield around the entire planet. Right. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. We're on a tropical beach. It's almost like they and didn't know what like, the hell to do. They're like, uh, did we do like, something? It's like, we were in boot camp like eight months ago, and I don't remember what we're supposed to do in case of attack. Yeah. We haven't attacked in a while. Right. So, yeah. Of course, running around uh, in on those planets with uh, the desert planets and the uh, beach planets when it's and they're wearing those dark costumes, the dark uh, troopers. Yeah, the dead troopers. Wondering if they're like got central heating and air, central heating and air in their uh, suits, and they're like, "Oh, we got some fans going in here. We're good." <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be a little over uh, stifling, I think. Now, what? Well, now that I, I I see them in you know in Rogue One, I kind of wish they kind of incorporated them in four, five, and six. That'd be cool, you know. But whatever. <laughs> but see, that's part of the beautiful history of having all those books written that were now taken out of canon because it's like <laughs> yeah. all these things are designed and now they're looking at it and they're like, oh, this is a really cool idea. We should have, we should do this. Let's do this in the movie. And you're like, well, why in the world didn't you do this earlier? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're actually like at an hour, an hour eight. Um, Terry, you're going to say something. Sorry. Yeah, I have, I have a question for the two of you. Yeah. Is, you know, so, so uh, 
you know, most of us here tonight, we've seen the movie. You know, we know how it ends. Saddest yeah. death. You know, once you start realizing what's happening, uh, which one of the deaths really, like, really, like, hurt you the most? Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Should I go first, Chris, or you want to? Yeah, you can go if you got an answer. The blind monk. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he went out like a G, though, but he, <laughs> that definitely, I was like, oh, man. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I guess he felt, honestly, I think he knew it was it was, it was about to happen. But I, I I felt a lot, especially when, um, the base kind of looked back and saw and saw him, and then and then he died also. You know what I mean? So, I think those like his death, the blind monk's death, and um, I guess if I have to do a runner up, it would be his his uh compadre's death too, because that was that was crazy that he actually like I don't know, like he I guess in his last moment he wanted to remember something that was meaningful, so he looked at at, at his friends. You know, his friend laying there dead on the floor. So <laughs> as dark as that sounds. But <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Will, no, that's fine. I will have to say mine was a toss up between him and uh, and this one actually just edged out a little bit is K2SO. Oh, um, okay. The fact that like he was like doing what he could, was getting shot. He knew he wasn't going to make it. He made that ultimate sacrifice to freeze up the door mm-hmm. uh, so that they could you know, have that chance to like get the Death Star plans out of there. I think honestly, he showed more humanity in that death mm-hmm. than all the other characters. Oh yeah, good point. Definitely good point. What about you, Terry? Did you have one? I, uh, you know, I I agree with with both of you. Like, I don't okay. have one that hurt my feelings the most. They all hurt my feelings oh, the right. most. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, because coming out of it again, you, you want to have uh, that feeling that, like, uh, well, you know, everyone died. Well, uh, let me take that back. I mean, the one that bothered me the most would have to be the cargo pilot, you know. Oh, uh, his, his death of, seems out of, senseless. Out of all of our characters on the in, in the in the last hurrah there at the end, you know, mm-hmm. he is the he's a cargo pilot. You know, as far as, like, combat, he is more than likely the least trained. Right. You know, uh, but he, he, you know, he willingly, like, runs out of his ship, and he's trying to get all that stuff ready to, like, transmit yeah. uh, the plans, you know. Like, he, like, that character to be so, uh, so non, uh, like, like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Non, like, integral to the, to the story, okay. you know. Right. He, he, uh, you know, he really does, at the end of the movie, play one of the most, like, vital parts in actually transmitting uh, the plans, you know, yeah, uh, definitely. Because like that's not his element, you know. He's a cargo pilot. Right. He's yeah. not meant for combat at all, you know. So for him to run out through all of the blaster fire and the explosions and all hell's breaking loose, uh, for his character that at the very end be like, again, this is a story of redemption. So hard on all of his main characters. Yeah. Uh, at the end, for him to like really like, you know, be so brave in those circumstances when, when, when his, when that ship blows up, uh, is very like heartbreaking, you know? Right. Um, yeah. That, that would be my answer to that question. So, but see, I, that's the one part about the movie that just really bothered me was that they had to connect their ship to this one master control. And it had to be like 30 feet away from the ship or 40 feet or 50 feet. And I'm like, it bothered me because it's like, you're a technologically advanced civilization. 
and we're going to hack it by plugging this in here and here, almost like hooking your cell phone up to your car through, like, the adapter. And it just it right. bothered me. And I'm like, that just... I don't know. It just it felt like it was a setup just for that one death, which seemed a little bit too much. I think it's kind of like your PlayStation, like it's all there to use that Ethernet cable, you know? Because you get... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Wi-Fi off this. Yeah, exactly. So it just kind of runs uh, better that way, maybe. Okay, I guess I, <laughs> I don't know. Actually, what I will say, I, I was really hoping when they were doing this scene that when they were going into the uh, the planet shielding. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping, with all the references they were doing to all the other movies, the older classic movies, I was really hoping they would have to use a, a code. Oh, and yeah. like the guy would be like, well, it's an older code, but it checks out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that we've, we've apparently went over time here, but... Uh, oh, that's okay. uh, we, have, as, we have no real time. As far <laughs> as uh, uh, the, uh, the, the way they take down the... Uh, the uh, shield around that planet. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yes, uh, oh, that was because you know, awesome. you know, two for two reasons is you know it's it's outside the norm of like well we need to blow this thing up you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it also like the pilot who who does that at the end, uh, it just it shows the dedication that the alliance had to, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. to, yeah. to defeat the empire. You know, and we and you know we know this is only the beginning of the end for the empire but uh when you see it play out you have to you have to respect the uh the amount of uh like determination that these regular people have right uh, yeah no when doubt. Fighting now, the empire, you know now refresh my memory um that was they took the shield down by basically to crushing a star destroyer into it right is that Okay, because I'm sitting there going, I'm trying to remember and make sure that that was exactly what happened. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's like we're going to take and we're going to ion cannon this thing until it, you know, it can't move. And then we're going to literally do a suicide run and we're going to ram our ship into this ship. <laughs> yeah. And and hopefully our ship's powerful enough to, like, move offset this huge weight. Dude, that scene <laughs> was – that was crazy. Oh, my God. That scene was insane. I mean – I'm gonna cut you off, Chris, but like as this yeah. movie as a whole, I think we got a little bit of everything that we love about Star Wars. There's like yeah, some, there was, right. you know what I mean? Like a little bit of everything that 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 you look forward to. Like there was like X wings flying all over the place. I love those. So I don't know. I think it was like as as much as people are like you know trying to say they didn't enjoy it or whatever. I don't know what to say. Those people I don't know what they're expecting, but I oh. think it was like a pretty well put together package for a, a Star I, Wars movie. I think the people that are like, oh, it referenced the old stuff too much are the same people who are saying that about The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't. It's still an, it's all an original story. It's just trying to bridge the gap between certain elements of the movies. And so it's giving you, like I said earlier, it's giving you that element of Star Wars without doing Star Wars over again. Yeah, that's so right. It, it, it encompasses everything we know about Star Wars with but at the same time, it breaks that cookie-cutter mold that we've seen. And, you know, episode four reflects episode one, reflects episode seven, uh, you know, five, two, eight. You know, this is, this is the same uh, it's the same equation for all of the trilogies. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, and uh, in this movie, it, it, it does encompass the, that overall, like, greatness of a Star Wars movie without being, you know, a generic, I guess, uh, Star Wars movie. 
Right. Now, I will say when the new uh, Han Solo movie comes out, I don't want to be seeing Han Solo being like, oh, we're going to take and we're going to use our ship to crash this ship into another ship and bring it <laughs> down. Because, you know, it doesn't work on an individual movie where it's like, you know, two, three main characters that are interacting and, you know, you're getting their history. The fact that it's a group uh, a movie and then, like, you bring in the the group of the rebellion, I, you can get away with certain things. I'm just saying, I don't want to see, like, you know, I don't want to hear... I've got a bad feeling about this because I don't necessarily think that it fits in that movie. Although I do love how uh, it was the it was K2SO, right? That said that in this movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember in that detail. Do you remember Terry? If he had a line like that, I, I have no idea. Oh yeah, well K2, K, yeah K2SO when they when they're uh, when they're inside at the very end towards the end of the movie when they've landed on the planet they've infiltrated the base. Uh, some some uh, some doors open up in K2SO is with uh, Jen and uh, Captain. What is his name again? Yeah, uh, it was Cassian. 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 Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, when they're all three standing there, K2SO is like, I've got a bad feeling about this. Okay. You know, uh, <laughs> and that that has become again like I get it. That's like a tip of the hat to the other Star Wars movies, but. Uh, I could do without those things personally. You know? Yeah, yeah. especially when it's not at, and like I said, I don't. If, if they do it in, if they can work it in in the Han Solo movie, fine, whatever. I'm not gonna be like ah, rage against it. But for me, it's like certain <laughs> elements like that, and rage. like having <laughs> like and, no problem. And like <laughs> I don't want to see any droids in the Han Solo movie because what? it's like, well, I mean, I don't want to see main character droids because it's like what. You don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Han Solo does not. He has Chewbacca. He what? does not need a yeah. droid. Can can we uh, can we just speculate? What if Chewie was a droid the whole time? Sorry. This uh, Han Solo, the Han Solo movie. I want to speculate now. This is my uh, here lately. I've been really spot on with being kind of a prophet. So I'm going to call it now. Oh man. The Han Solo, the Han Solo movie is going to be about uh, when he saves Chewbacca. Oh, cool. That will be. That'd that be really will cool, be actually yeah. one of the one of the focuses of that movie is like you know obviously you're gonna have story yeah but in that story you're gonna get that moment where Han saves Chewie that'd be uh, that'd be really so you cool, don't think actually. they're gonna come into it being friends no I don't I don't think they I don't think it will I think it you know because like you have to think like you know Han Solo if he were just by himself and had no Chewbacca. Uh, sure, he's still just like a like a you know he's a scoundrel, he's a rogue, but with but without without his companion, you know he's just a very flat character. Uh, right. I yeah, almost true. want Chewbacca to be working with Lando, and Gambino. during the course of whatever whatever big thing <laughs> that they do, you know Han saves Chewbacca. He now owes him the Wookiee life, or the Wookiee life debt is now in place, and then I want at the end of it, like somehow Lando like loses the Millennium Falcon to to Han. I want that to be like the main not the main point of the story, but like those would be my main wants out of that movie. So that we get the history of them, we get the Wookiee life debt, and then we get how, you know, why Lando's like always upset about, you know, Han having the Millennium Falcon. Just as as an aside, uh Don Glover is totally rocking that Lando stash in real life. So uh <laughs> filming and everything. Pretty exciting. <laughs> I I hope I think he can live up to uh, Billy D. Williams' uh, 
choose. I think that'll be a good. I think that was a good fit, a good casting call on that one. It's so funny because that you say that because he told his parents that he's going to be he have that role, and his his parents told him, they told him that they don't think he can do as good as Billy <laughs> Dee. It's a generational thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was just really funny though, but hilarious. Um, okay, I guess to like almost wrap up, we have 15 more minutes. Um, like regardless, if you are a Jedi or a Sith, everyone's favorite is is Vader. So we're gonna just talk about him in this movie. Yeah. Um, I it was a man just seeing him on screen and then hearing the voice. Uh, it was like nothing short of like incredible to me. It was just really amazing. I actually like the joke. People are hating on the be careful not to choke on your aspirations director like they they're not liking that he had a pun in the movie i thought that was actually really cool but what do you guys think of Darth vader and the fact that he had a cool pun i mean i, I thought it was pretty dope that he did that you know what i mean so i thought it was pretty cool um it kind of showed vader in his badass form and that he wasn't going to take no crap off anybody yeah um, i mean in the, in the very next episode like literally make couple days later he's gonna be forced choking somebody else so you know <laughs> yeah exactly. just like that seems to be like his go-to which i really like yeah uh, i really love that they got james Earl jones back um for me it's like it's almost like um if they could find a way of like writing every possible line that they could ever use in a star wars it. movie and have him just <laughs> record it just in case because yeah. you know eventually I hate to say this, he's not going to be there, and there's nobody else that can be James Earl Jones. Nobody else can be the voice of Darth Vader, uh, at least in the movies. I mean, I know he's voiced by different people in the shows and stuff. But yeah, and the video games I, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, but I just like I, I just wish they could record like every possible line. Just just record every word in the English dictionary, and we'll do like they do. <laughs> like and, piece uh, them together. <laughs> it'll piece it all together and make it like sound something. I don't know. That I know that would be horrible, but dude, you'd have to have like a whole team of editors and sound mixers and engineers just to cover his part of well, the movie. <laughs> may the force be with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would sound horrible. Um, but he was a total badass. I my only real concern, and I know why they did it, is you you go from the very shiny, very brand new Darth Vader helmet. Mm-hmm and faceplate and everything to almost a plastic looking one. Okay. But I think they were going more towards getting it to look like the new hope mask and the eyes and everything. You can actually see through the mask eyes. Wasn't the cape a bit different too? It wasn't held together by the chains, right? It was just kind of yeah. tucked in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a little weird. It's almost like it curved under his. Yeah. Like his, uh, his armor or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think of Darth Vader, uh, Terry in this movie? My, you know, there's there's two very prominent scenes with Darth Vader. There's the, you know, the ending, which yes. is oh, so, God. it is so like awesome, like you know, again, like as a Sith, like sympathizer at the very least. <laughs> uh, you know, when I when I see when I see Lord Vader, let's call him by his, you know, let's be let's be official here. Yeah. When I see Lord Vader laying waste to these guys, like I'm on the edge of my seat, my mouth open, fist in front of it, just yeah. like, oh my God. Nerdgasming so hard, <laughs> uh, but for me the 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 scene that that really like encompasses because you know remember it hasn't been too long since Obi Wan had, had the high ground you know right yeah uh, so it hasn't been too long since then so you know Vader he's still like spending his downtime like you know he's not spending his downtime like plotting against the the galaxy he is like chilling in a back to tank. 
you right, know, yeah. the, the, the scene of him in that back to tank, uh, for me, like, you know, as a, like an avid fan and like as a nerd, you know, for me, that, that scene uh, does so much more for me mm-hmm. than the last does. And, okay. uh, and again, like, you know, now uh, stepping into that objective, like movie, movie review part of me, you know, as awesome as that last like two minutes is, it, what it does, you know, it, it takes away from so much of like what, what the movie was, you know, uh, like you have like all of these like heroes, you know, the legends of the rebellion, like doing everything they have to do, you know, you know, sacrificing their lives to get these plans for the greater good. And you, you watch all of this movie and it's like, oh, sweet, man, like, sweet. And then at the end, you know, and then it's like, well, now that you've sat through that, here's Darth Vader, you know? <laughs> yeah, in all uh, his glory. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you know, and, and we know that, like, between episode three and episode four, uh, you know, there's a, what, a 20 year time difference roundabout. Okay. Uh, uh, so we know that in that twenty, the two decades of Darth Vader like rolling up on a planet and force choking so many people and just mowing down hundreds of people uh, to bend these planets to the will of the Empire. Yeah. That I feel like you know to bleed this movie right into Episode Four takes away all of the imagination that we had before we watched the movie. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, like when you when you when you think of like you know because all we hear in four five and six and then we get one two and three and then we get seven you know we didn't have this 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 definitive concrete story yeah of how they got the plans that was all imagination right right yeah so then they they they, they tell us this story uh, in this movie and you know and, it, and I don't want to say it stomps on our imagination but you know they give us the concrete story mm-hmm. yeah and definitely. then at the end to to bleed it right into the beginning of episode four, it just, it just snuffs so much more imagination. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, and again, like don't by, by, you know, by all means, that scene with Vader at the end is just like so lit. Like, it's just like so <laughs> <Yeah>. exciting. <laughs> really uh, you know, like, again, like I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm, I'm nerding out so hard to yeah. see Lord Vader go, go, you know, go ham on these people. Dude, did uh, you see the part when he know. pushes the, the, the laser back at the guy, like the guy shoots him with a laser and he put, he force pushes it back in, into the guy's chest. I was like, oh my God, I saw that. I was freaking out in, in the, yeah, yeah and the part where he just like, he just skewers that dude. Yeah. With his lot You know, like the guy was already like, he yeah, through the door. He's in the face, you know, he's yeah. like, wow, oh, this is the end of me. And Vader just skewers him with the lightsaber. <laughs> like, you know, obviously, like as a, as a Sith myself, like that is just so <laughs> awesome. But, but when I think about like what I just watched, yeah, it, yeah. it, it kind of takes away a little bit. Uh, from the performances of everyone in that movie, you know. Well, well if it uh, makes you feel it. any better, just remember that when the next movie, when you're watching the next movie, um, Darth Vader does the whole click, click, step, click, click, step <laughs> when he fights uh, Obi-Wan. So Darth Vader gets his little uh, disappointment a little bit later. <laughs> right. And, you know, at this point, you know, Anakin, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's becoming an old man, you know. Right, yeah. uh, you, you don't think, see that within that scene. You know, when it, when when no, he no, is no. Vader, when he becomes Lord Vader, well, you know, Padme has always been, what, like six, seven years older than he is? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 
you know, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Padme is like this grown ass woman, and Vader's still like a nineteen year old dude, you know. Uh, so then you have that twenty year gap. He's pushing forty when he fights Obi Wan again, you know. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. And o- you know, Obi Wan like he has all of his natural limbs, and Vader is, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> like qualifies as quadru- quadruple you know, like yeah, no doubt. So. Uh, so I did enjoy it uh, when I watched it, but you know, in thinking about it later, it, it only detracts from uh, the performances of all the other actors in that movie. I think. And so. I mean, that's that's fair to say, and that shows um, how much you love Star Wars. Because once you love something enough, you can criticize it, but still love it. You know what I mean? So right, I, think, right. I think I think that's pretty awesome. You can do that. But um, just the whole, I guess, just to gush one more time, the whole like <laughs> reveal scene though, when there's like the smoke and then you see his helmet. And then the red lightsaber comes out, man. Shit, that was, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but Rogue One, man. If you guys haven't seen it, please go watch it. If you you know you're a Star Wars fan, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, I think you enjoy it. I don't know if this is like a really a kid friendly movie though, because I saw a lot of kids in the theater when I watched it uh, the other day, and I just I mean I don't think they got a lot out of it probably, but that's probably just me thinking that because. I don't know. What do you guys think? You guys think it's it's made for kids to go enjoy too, or it's more of like you know, if you if you if you're letting your eight year old play Grand Theft Auto Five, sure, take them to see Star Wars, (laughs) you know. But if if you want, you know, I think hands down, with you know, omitting obviously the destruction of an entire planet, (laughs) uh, this this has this this movie does have the highest death count of any Star Wars movie we've seen. Yeah, Uh, that's true. And, and again, like you have, you know, at one point when the, when, uh, right outside the ancient temple, when you have like the, you know, you have Jen and, uh, and the captain and the droid, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of fighting against the empire and these radical, like rebel extremists at the same time, you know, so right. you have good guy killing good, kind of good guy killing bad guy. You know, you have a lot of death <laughs> in this movie. So, like, you know, uh, kid-friendly, maybe, because, again, like, you know, the whole idea of the, the plasma rifle is that it is way more humane than a bullet. Right, that's true. Uh, you know, a bullet, you, you get shot, you, you bleed out, it's very painful, and you die. With a plasma rifle, it cauterizes, you right. know, so you, you die, but it's very, it's a more humane way. Uh, but there's still a death count in the several dozen, and... Uh, Pretty kind. Of, it kind of gets pretty graphic mm-hmm. as far as the death uh, to some degree, but uh, kid friendly, I would say borderline. <laughs> you know? Well, it's fair enough. <laughs> I, I look at I look at it like you. Um, it all depends on what you, what you allow your kids to see. I will say this movie is more kid friendly than Revenge of the Sith. Um. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I guess it's a toss-up. I guess. <laughs> so, like Terry says, very borderline. When it, when it well, the only reason I say this is more kid-friendly than if you because if you're taking your kids to see Rogue One, realistically, they've probably already seen one, two, and three. Um. And Revenge of the Sith. You know, you have a guy set on fire. <laughs> yeah, so true. I think I think this kind <laughs> of um. If you've let your kids watch Revenge of the Sith. I think you're going to be okay with taking your kids to this movie. Yeah, that's it. Does have a, 
Yeah. I will say it does have a little bit more of the political aspect to it. So in terms of your kid sitting there and being entertained the whole time, I think it's less than some of the other ones. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, if you've let your kids watch Revenge of the Sith, take your kids to see this movie too. <laughs> My opinion. Um, yeah, so I guess that's going to be the podcast for this time. Um, Terry, thanks so much, man, for taking time out. You added so much content <laughs> to this episode. So much insight. We appreciate it. We, we hope you come back or you want to be on future episodes. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm game. And uh, again, you know, this, uh, I'm Terry. I work at uh, Battlegrounds Games and Comics in Dalton. Mm-hmm. And if you ever find yourself in our area, do uh, stop by and check us out. We're the, the largest nerd shop in all of Northwest Georgia. Yeah, Terry does the promo that we play. Um, you know, they're balls deep in that shit, man. Balls deep in that Yeah, we stuff. absolutely are balls deep in that shit. <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you guys for listening. Chris, thanks for taking time out too, man, for like Skyping with problem. us. So, and if you guys hear any kind of weird staticky stuff, um, Terry's on Skype and Chris is on Skype. So, and we're trying out some new mics, so I'm trying to get the sound right. Um, you know, so forgive me if you guys hear anything weird or whatever. He's trying to work the kinks out, but. And Jamie, want to say anything? Well, I just don't want to be left out of the, the goodbyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I'm the only one or not that Jamie hasn't seen the movie, so obviously like she hasn't weighed in as much. Uh, and and uh, I would like the next time next time I'm on the show, I would like to hear more uh, from Jamie. Yeah, definitely. Go. You just totally like took my spot this time, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because sometimes when we ask her about like something, I guess she's not too interested in. She's like, "Well, I don't know. I, I guess it's cool," or she's kind of like, kind of phones it in. But you definitely helped to, uh, you know, carry the episode, which we appreciate. So that was really awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys for having me. I'm going to uh, depart now. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I just got a PS4 today, so I'm I'm, I'm dying to like. Hook oh, it up yo, and I'm get sorry, man. Oh, yeah, go go for it. If you ever want a game yeah. online, too, definitely send me your PlayStation Network name. And we can do some gaming. All right, cool, man. Uh, all right, man. Well, thanks cool. for the time. Will, all three of you. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. Right, thank thanks. you, guys. Bye. Yeah, I guess we're going to call it there. I'm going to do the whole plug-a-thon that we do. Um, guys, tune in at soundcloud.com slash epic-breeze-podcast. And we're on Facebook and um, Snapchat and also uh, Instagram under Epic Breeze Podcast. And our Twitter handle is Epic Breeze Podcast, P-D-C-S-T. Um, so check us out on there. We'll be posting, you know, tweets and updates. And also, if you want to send us an email, it's epicbreezepodcast at gmail.com. So send some reviews or any topic suggestions you guys want us to talk about or, you know, any kind of feedback would Jeez. be awesome. Talk oh, to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And actually on iTunes, um, leave us some reviews. There's like nothing, <laughs> nothing up there. No. It, it'd be kind of cool to see some. Like even if you guys don't like the show, just be just kind of tell us like, hey, why or how we can make it better. Um, we're testing out some new mics right now, like I mentioned earlier. Chris, I don't, I don't think Chris is on his, but we are on no, ours. Jamie and I are using ours, so yeah. Um, we hope it's not too bad. We were, like, getting some static earlier, but I, I may have figured it out. I don't know. So if this episode is a bit staticky, just forgive me. We'll try to figure it out next time. But, um, yeah, next time Chris will be in the building, hopefully, when we record for New Year's. And he'll yeah. test his mic out so we can get that going. But, um, yeah, well, thanks, Chris, man. Thanks for adding content and, uh, you know, telling us what you think about Rogue One. I, I think it's definitely worth a watch and it's a great movie. So 
I also think Jamie would like it too, even though she's not. To be honest, after hearing your guys' reviews, I think I would go see it. Okay, awesome. More more nice. so than well, before. But we're going to... Uh, we and Chris have a plan, so go watch it. Sorry, sorry, Chris, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was about to say something that we were planning on going to see it again, so... It might be a while us. before I'm available, but... Oh, because of, like, work and stuff? Yeah. Okay. We're going to try to do a New Year's episode and hopefully get to hear from us sooner than later. So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it.